Hello and welcome to the Simplicity of Happiness When More is Too Much. This podcast offers tips and techniques for a better life. And here's your host, Flo. Hello and welcome. Thank you for being back at the Simplicity of Happiness. And as this is a 100% listener-supported show, I'd be more than happy if you enjoy this show and you head over to patreon.com to help me on financing the education of children in Zanzibar. And now, sit back and enjoy the show. Yes, hello and welcome back to the Simplicity of Happiness. Today, once again, with another uh, interview episode. And um, for today's show, I'm really proud to have some special guests that I was um, uh, trying to get on the show for, for quite a while. And you will know in a second why this has been so so difficult. Maybe, I know that some of you are listening to the German show as well, um, you remember that I had these uh, German sailors from uh, Vast Floating by accident on the show. And they um, told me about some uh, some YouTube channels from sailors around the world. And I, I didn't do any YouTube before. And then I got hooked to some shows. And my most favorite one is a young Canadian Haiti couple. And they call themselves Sailing Uma. And they are on the show. Hi, Dan, and hi, Kika. How are you doing? Hi, we are very good and excited, right. excited for our conversation today. <laughs> yes, I am so, uh, so happy we finally made it. I am uh, I'm on my way to uh, Provence, and as you as a listener, you might know that I'm on, these, uh, on the seminar f with uh, the uh, writing experience in, in France, but I thought, well... We can make it happen today, so we should. And uh, so, just in case that you hear some uh, some uh, children uh, playing in the background, I'm at uh, some friend's place um, here in uh, Switzerland, and we are about to leave. And Dan and Kika, they are sitting in Florida. What are you doing in Florida? I thought you wanted to cross the Atlantic. Oof! Well, time. Uh, <laughs> all the plans are changing <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, we uh, we did have plans to cross this spring. But um, we kind of ran into some rough weather and it threw us off schedule and uh, we decided to slow down and enjoy life a little bit more and stop pushing so hard to get to the next port. Yeah. So yes. we're, we're hanging out in Florida for a while and doing some big projects on UMA and, uh, and then we'll be sailing up the East Coast this summer. And I'm, and I'm going to dig a little bit deeper on that um, original plan a little bit, a little bit later. Well, I have a, I did some binge watching when I found out about you. And um, um, so I saw all the first episode. And <laughs> for you as a listener, if you don't, uh, if you don't know, um, these two, they met in, in the US while studying architecture. And then they decided when they were done to not buy a coach, but to buy a boat. And then they <laughs> fixed the boat. And how long have you been sailing in the Caribbean now? Oof, it's been, well, we've owned a boat for three years now, and we've been sitting for about two. Yeah. Yeah, why? Lies. <laughs> what? I mean, why? Um, you, you, you go and question, study. That's the question, right? <laughs> that's the question. You, have the, you can live the American dream, basically, <laughs> um, and you're done. I mean, you're studying. You can't make any money. Now you're finally done. You can have a job, and then you, well throw all of that away and and, and and you buy an old boat that you yeah. still have to repair? Well, How did well, that happen? I think we every time somebody asks us this question, we always have multiple different answers because <laughs> there's so many reasons why we ended up here today, to be honest. Uh, personally, for me, I've always wanted to travel. I always told my parents that one day in my life, traveling will be part of my life. And uh, I didn't know what that meant back in the days. And then my mm -hmm. mom used to work in this uh, shipping uh, maritime company where I used to see boats come in and out all the time. They were container mm -hmm. ships, nothing like a sailboat, but <laughs> it, it really opened up my eyes to a different possibility of traveling. And then mm -hmm. I met Dan in architecture school. And uh, my option for me as a Haitian student was after I study, I would have to go back home and mm -hmm. you know, open 
start a business or work for someone and then be an architect. And for some reason, like the more I hung out with them, the more I was convinced that I didn't really want to go back. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and so, but that was my part of it. And then Ben and I met, and then we realized that we didn't want, because we looked at all of our friends after architecture school that started working, and we didn't want that. We, didn't, we wanted to travel, and we wanted to learn so many more cultures than, you know, instead of sitting in an office learning it through a book or through school, we wanted to actually be there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. As, as architects, we wanted to do something greater than, you know, ourselves. And so, but we can't go ahead and help people without knowing how they live, right? So mm-hmm. our goal is to travel and learn how every culture works and how they build differently in, in different cultures and use that as a new skill someday in the future and use that to, to help others. <laughs> That's a more like can, professional reason. <laughs> yeah, and can you remember that one day, that one specific moment when you decided to buy that boat? Um, I, th- I think so. It was, it was either right before we graduated or right after. There was a couple of weeks in there where we found out that um, in order to keep uh, Kika in the country for another year, uh, we needed to like open a legal business mm-hmm. so that like we could hire her and apply for her work visa and everything that way. Mm-hmm. And so in doing so, we started Who to think we? about... Uh, just Kika and just, I, Dan. Yeah. Okay. Um, just the two of us. Um, and, and yeah, we were trying to decide like what city we sort of wanted to base that out of. And, and Kiko always wanted to travel. And I've always been, uh, I've always been her way of getting things done. She comes up with these, these amazing ideas that most people think are insane. And then she looks at me and goes, I'm like, yeah, we can figure out a way to do that. He um, makes my impossible possible. Yeah. And so, so the traveling and going around the world and seeing all these different cultures kind of turned into, well, how do you do that? And, and most of the, most of the amazing places in the world are port cities. That's where all the history is. Cause they, you know, people have been sailing for thousands of years. And yeah. so we, we, as, we, as architects and contractors thought we could like get a boat and kind of like build a bed into it and build a kitchen. And then, you know, five minutes later on Google, we realized sailboats are, are designed for people to live in. And that's kind of the point of owning one. Uh, and so from there, it kind of snowballed into, you know, finding our old boat and fixing it up and, and going that way. So, yeah. um, yeah, it was, it was sometime right around graduation. We just, we just, we knew we didn't want to go design, uh, you know, Walmart parking lot details. We wanted to, you know, use our education and, and augment it with, with more education. We, we didn't really feel like we learned as much as we <clears throat> needed to learn in school. So. And the learning okay, it's, <laughs> after we got the now, Yeah. Now, now, now both of you said that you wanted to travel. Yes. And when I'm talking to a lot of people who give me the same answer, they say, I want to travel, I want to experience the world. But most of them, they say, well, that's why I'm working, so that I have enough money to travel, That's um, so I can have my safe life. So what, what happens if you have um, a serious injury or some kind of a sickness? You need to have these insurances. So they are looking for the safety first to travel then. And I'm wondering now, uh, how how old have you been when you when you bought Uma? Uh, it was twenty six. So. Yeah, we about were, yeah twenty six for you. Okay, so round about round about twenty six. Mm-hmm. Both no job, both mm-hmm. no, no experience. No. <laughs> And how did it feel when you got that boat? Can you rem- can you remember? Was there any kind of fear, or ha- have you been always that positive? I, I mean, I think it was a mixture of a lot of emotion because oh, sure. it was scary because you were about to, like you said, step out of our comfort zone entirely. And we were about to do something that we've never done before. We, we haven't even been on the boat before we got our boat, <laughs> which was very mm-hmm. interesting. Well, But <laughs> Well, fear, fear is an interesting uh, emotion, right? Because it's, it's kind of a useless emotion in and of itself, but it's a good indicator, at least for us, that we're about to step outside of our comfort zone, right? Like that's where fear, it's, it's an indicator that you're on the right path for us. So being afraid for us isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's like, oh, we're scared to do this. It's like, okay, well, that must be worth doing then because it's on the other side of your comfort zone. So yeah. that's how, did how you, we use it. Dan, how, how did you do that? 
I think it's Dan's nature to challenge himself. Um, well, I've always been the, the typical, like, oh, you said I can't watch me. I'll do it instead. Uh, just ask my parents about that. <laughs> oh, you said I can't cross the line? Oh, this line? Um, but I think I think it's just when you do it enough, like, when you're, when you're afraid of something or you're afraid of failure or something, you kind of just have to take a step back and think about why and realize that, like, you know, it's not really the action you're afraid of. It's usually afraid to fail or afraid to get hurt or afraid because there are real dangers and it, and it's, it's okay to be afraid of those dangers. But the things that are actually dangerous are a lot smaller than the things that just make you afraid. And those dangers can be uh, mitigated by, you know, preparation and learning and forethought and planning and, and, you know, dangers are real, but you can usually avoid them where fear is sort of artificial in a way. And it's just kind of an indicator of like, you know, you're about to step outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. And I I think also a lot of people are scared to do something because they see the big picture, right? They see, well, I want to sail the world, but they see crossing an ocean. They don't see Mm -hmm. the first step that you need to do is getting the boat, is getting out of sail, is doing that. And so for us, like our whole motto is one step at a time, right? Because if you're scared of doing something... (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, how do you eat an elephant? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You, you start exactly. with one bite. Yeah. <laughs> and that's basically what we've been doing. And that's that's been inspiring us and motivating us yeah. to keep going every time. Well, and people always ask, like, oh, do you guys plan on sailing around the world? And, you know, in the back of our minds that, you know, someday might happen. But we never say yes. We always say we're just trying to sail over the next horizon because it's 10 miles away. And, you know, anybody can sail <laughs> over 10 miles. It's not difficult. But uh, and and then once you're there, there, you can you sail can over it in. again. and. Yeah. That's how we did the Caribbean so far. And that's how we planned to the East Coast is you just kind of sail to the next spot and the next spot and the next spot. And eventually we might make it all the way around and eventually we might not. But that's not really the end destination. That's not the end goal. Yeah. Yeah. Today, today's episode is number 144. And nice. in uh, the last uh, episode that I... Well, how did I get to 144? <laughs> One <laughs> bit by a time. I had no idea what I'm going to talk about. I just started yeah. with just start something talking. somehow. And what is interesting is that the last one, 143, was had the topic fear. Oh, and I said that fear is something that never happens now. Like you mm-hmm. are sorrow for the past and you have fear for the future. And it's always in your head. You never mm-hmm. fear the thing itself. You just fear that it might come one day. Mm-hmm. So you are dealing with something that you can't even change because it's not there yet. Mm-hmm. So it's much better to f- focus on what am I doing now? And who do I want to be right now? And then proceed from this. Exactly. But it's a good way to learn. And it's a good way to like kind of see where danger might be, you know, because when you're laying on the boat and you're sailing at night and it's kind of rough, you know, in the back of your mind, you always have some fear about what if this breaks? What if this happens? What if, what if, what if? And that's not really, that's not really something that scares us. It's just a, a way for us to kind of run like to kind of mentally practice you know what happens if we lose our steering what happens if we lose that and you run through those scenarios in your mind so when it does happen you're like oh i've done this before and you just do what's necessary to get it done and it doesn't really catch mm-hmm. you off guard anymore and what happens if you buy a boat and then you don't have an engine <laughs> <laughs> you have a paperweight then <laughs> you fly to haiti for three months to make more money and think about it <laughs> Yeah, how did you feel? Exactly how did you feel that moment? I mean, it was um, just well. Everybody who wants to find out, <laughs> go and 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 binge watch their their show. Um, they had some engine problems, and well, you were hmm. basically broke. Yeah, that was an expensing uh, an expensive uh, learning experience. We like to call it. Um, you know, if you learn a lesson, if you make a mistake, uh, the only reason it's actual failure is if you don't learn from it, right? So. That was yeah. an expensive mistake, but we did learn something mm-hmm. from it. Um, yeah. And and I think it, it was first, I mean, I'm not going to say it's a mistake, but we learned and I'm glad it happened because that's what motivated us to get the idea of the electric engine. Yeah, yeah we never would we have even thought known. about an electric motor if we hadn't, you know, spent $4,000 on a diesel motor that we couldn't use. Because yeah. that's what happened. <laughs> we got, we had a not working engine and then we bought a, a sister engine that we thought would be working. But turned out the pieces couldn't be interchangeable. So yeah. we ended up with two engines that were useless. Yeah. And so we took a break and went to Haiti for a project. And that's when we started really thinking about it because we couldn't afford to just get another engine. 
And yeah. so yeah. we saw, and then we, we witnessed a couple of houses there that were all solar powered. And that just gave a big light bulb in our heads. Like, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, people can live with solar power. So yeah. we can definitely make that work on our boat. Let's try to, let's try and to make we, that happen. We knew like golf carts were electric and there's electric cars and there's electric, you know, motorcycles. And it's kind of becoming a more, more hobbyist um, sort of field. And people are inventing and coming up with new ways to do stuff all the time. Um, yeah. And so we, we knew we, we probably could have bought another diesel motor that was refurbished and put it in, but then you're spending three, four, five, six thousand dollars $6,000 on a 30 year old motor that, you know, is still yeah. going to break and you're still going to have to yeah. maintain. And, um, yeah. and we certainly couldn't spend like $30,000 on a brand new installation. So yeah. yeah, we just, you know, we started by finding a motor that was rated for our, about the right amount of power that we thought we might need. <laughs> yeah. uh, and the, the motor we ended up buying was out of an old forklift and we bought it on eBay for about a hundred bucks. And then we just went through and, and scrapped bits and pieces out of old boats. They were crushing and bought some golf cart parts out of old electric golf carts and pieced it all together until we had something that made our prop spin. And then yep. that was D- it. Dan call me MacGyver. Yeah. The Dan MacGyver. <laughs> exactly. Well, do you know um do you know uh, Leo Golden? Leo Golden. I don't think yeah. so. He has he he's restoring a 109-year-old uh, gaff cutter. Oh, that's not um, So it's probably wood then, in, right? In Seattle completely wood. Yeah, it it won wow. an around the world uh, race back then. And um, that's he is doing that in Seattle. <laughs> And um, he is completely restoring it from well. Yeah, well, nothing's going to be at the moment. By the time he's done, well, right? <laughs> yeah, at the moment it looks like he's doing everything himself, and yeah. he is like a, like a self-made um, boat builder from uh, from England, and he bought an an old folk boat, and he crossed the Atlantic with the folk boat alone and he did Amazing. not have any engine. And then he yeah. went to the Caribbean and then he went, he, he took part in a, in a regatta there and he even won it and got the special <laughs> prize for the smallest boat. That's awesome. And he has sub- something which looks like a big rudder to the back and you can, yeah. S- yeah, you move it back and forth and you twist it a little bit. This was mm-hmm. his only engine except for the sails. And well, I saw, I'm in close contact with him and um, this boat is called Telly Ho. <laughs> so if you go to if you go cool. to, right to YouTube and you go to Telly Ho, it's Dan. You would be amazed. <laughs> he does well. He's the MacGyver of the woodworking. Nice. Amazing. Nice. And another um, and another f- um, person I'm in very close contact who's actually going to be the next interview guest um, is uh, Nika from White Spot oh, Pirates. Yeah, she's cool. Yeah. And she was bit. supposed to be the um before you, but we couldn't do the interview this <laughs> this week because she was on a um she was on a on a cruising trip with uh, Joanna and um, and yeah. Maria. And when yeah, she yeah. came back, her whole diesel tank was empty and 40 gallons in the build. Oh, oh no. My gosh. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. One of the reasons why we don't oh. miss yeah. That's actually so. Um, it's interesting you mentioned the sculling ore, though, because uh, when we first built our electric motor, people were like, "It's never yeah. going to replace a diesel." The the energy per weight and the, the storage, yeah, the respect. And it's true. Like, if you want a motor for 100 miles, there's nothing better than yeah. a diesel motor. But yeah. for us, yeah. we only ever intended it to replace a sculling ore because um, our mm-hmm. boat is is right at the limit. You could have a sculling ore, and you could use it to move in and out of a slip. And for us, you know, you sail all the way to the very, very, very end, and then you drop and you use the motor just for like that last couple hundred feet. Yeah. Um, and yeah. for us, that's what we use it for. And it's been perfect. It's so much easier than sculling in and out of. And we've never had to maintain it ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The issue we've had yeah. is the batteries, which we knew were going to be an issue because they weren't designed for what we were asking them to do. You know, and so because you blew them up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but we're getting lithium now that we're back in the United States. So that should, shouldn't be an issue anymore. And you have a dinghy that can pull you. Yeah. Well, so dinghy, all your, your dinghy all, is slowly dying, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think so you, all you sailors mm-hmm. out there, if you want to see how you how you navigate a, a boat without an engine, <laughs> I mean, Dan has the perfect tie the dinghy to the boat technique. <laughs> it works. 
our little five yes. horsepower motor pushes our boat to almost four knots. So yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> I was looking for I was looking for boats for for quite a while, and I couldn't put my head around it. And um, well. Now the combination of Leo, you, and Sneaker, I know I'm going to get a wooden boat without an engine, um, <laughs> just for the adventure part of it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, but still, I want to go back to that that very moment. I can imagine that for a lot of people who take that decision to buy that boat, to invest that money, well, to buy the new engine, that they give up. Mm-hmm. How do you manage that very moment that you don't give up, but instead go to Haiti, save some more money and come up with another solution? What is your trick behind um, this? <laughs> at, at some point, maybe in high school, I was watching an interview uh, with Will Smith and he had a fantastic quote that went something like, um, I, I don't have a plan B because it distracts from plan A or something like that. Uh, mm -hmm. And for us, we, we kind of always had that in the back of our minds when we got the boat because we'd never gone sailing before. We didn't know anything about boat maintenance or sailing or navigating or any of that stuff. But we knew we liked adventure. We knew we liked to travel. We knew we were going to be good at fixing stuff. Like Combined, we knew we'd like all of the components. Mm -hmm. It was just a matter of putting them all together. And so mm -hmm. we never had a plan B. People were like, oh, what happens if the boat sinks? And it's like, well, we'll figure that out when the boat sinks. Like, Like it's just another plan. You, you pick yourself up and keep going. But we never, um, we never had a plan B. We weren't like, oh, we, I mean, you, it's always easy to go back into a nine to five job and rent an apartment and lease a car and just it's it's easy. It's comfortable. You just do it. Um, but even it's, that, it isn't really a plan B for us because we don't want to. <laughs> I think because we are, we're so determined to make it happen that we wouldn't see any other options. Yeah. We, we would make whatever needs to happen to go that direction. And yeah. if, if something happens in the future that we need to, you know, change, then we'll change then, right? Mm -hmm. But right now, the, we, we have one focus, and that's the line that we're going with. Yeah. <laughs> and what do you... Um, what do you suggest for our listeners? If they have a dream somewhere in a back pocket, which they are not brave enough to pull out and go for it 100%. Just do it. Just like yeah. Nike says, just do as it. In the sports company, just take it, do it. Take it one step at a time. Yeah. But don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone. And if you are comfortable, it means you're not pushing yourself hard enough. I think, yeah. And I think that most people who have a big goal or a big dream or this lofty ideal get really, really scared of it because it's so big. You know, sailing around the world is a huge endeavor. Mm -hmm. um, going backpacking through Europe, driving a car across, like, Whatever, whatever the goal is, starting a, starting a small business or developing your company into some larger you know, public company or something, they're huge, scary goals. And it's mm -hmm. really easy to have that be overwhelming. Um, but being able to kind of like take that overall goal and just step backwards far enough into little micro steps that you can actually get done in a day, I think is, is really important. And the only way we've been able to keep going, you know, we... We have so much work to still do on the boat, but we try not to get overwhelmed by it all because all we really need to do is like the thing we need to do today. And then when that's done, we'll do the thing tomorrow, exactly. tomorrow, whatever that project is. Yeah. Um, so basically backwards engineering. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. You reverse engineer your goal into something that you can <laughs> actually do today um, and then worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. Right. <laughs> And and talking about worry, what was the most scary moment that you were facing in the last three years? Um, I think it was when the keels start wobbling when we just got the boat. Was that <laughs> I think for both of us, for me, when when Din, I saw Din's face when he looked at the keel and he's like, I don't think, like, let me Google, I don't think keels are supposed to move like that yeah and then you could feel like that our hearts just start sinking because like wow what did we put ourselves into that was definitely like mm -hmm. the biggest heart sinking mm -hmm. like moment but then sure. yeah but then all it took was a little bit of research and mm -hmm. then well, a lot of research and testing and experimenting and then well and that was the same thing too we found out when they picked us up off the truck in florida before we really even started working on the boat that the keel wobbled back and forth And then they put it down and, and like the next day we had to fly to Haiti to work. And so, you know, in that three months, it was good to kind of take a step back from the problem and kind of disconnect from it and have some time to really figure out what to do about it. 
um, rather than just, you know, freak out in the moment, so to speak. So mm-hmm. yeah, that was, that was, I mean, we've had, we've had rough passages and like, you know, scary weather and stuff like that, but that's all seems to be, uh, minute in comparison to <laughs> thinking that we just spent all of our money on something we we're going to end up having to crush and we'd be left broken homeless. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm wondering about these, um, well, re- really scary situations where you face some danger because that is what, well, when I, when I planned to, um, to walk in Sahara for four weeks on my own and I had never been there before and I did not know how to find the water, everybody thought I'm totally nuts. And I thought, well, may, there are other people who live there. I just have to ask them. Right. And that yeah. in, in the end, it was basically that that easy. It was scary, but doing it, it, it for me, it felt like like being a little child on the way home from school with a way too too big backpack and getting a little <laughs> lost um, but it didn't feel special doing it um yeah. and um all the other people they had these horrific images and if you tell somebody that you are going to say well around the world or across the caribbean in a boat that is way too old for other people and you are inexperienced i'm Well, so many people are going to tell me that I'm going to sing, that I'm going to die, that I'm going to be kidnapped, yeah. whatever. So what actually it. happens? Um, 99.9% of the time, we're just like lying there, looking at the waves, <laughs> reading a book, drinking some water, taking a nap, fishing maybe. Well, it's all like, about preparation, right? The, Because yeah. you, you prepare your, your trip to make sure that you don't get into some something nasty. I think the trick now is that there's there's such accurate weather forecasts and satellite navigation and accurate charts that oh and especially in the Caribbean, which is why we started in the Caribbean because sailing there is so easy compared you know you're not out at sea for four weeks you're out at sea for four hours you know from one island to the next you can see it coming yeah. it's right there um, so you can really plan and predict your weather well and then if you get caught out in a rainstorm you know it's the wind's a little stronger and it's raining so you know. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Let's go back to a situation where you had hurricane season, and you were alone on the boat. Damn. Yeah, <laughs> that was another one of those times where the fear leading up to it was definitely a lot worse than the experience itself. Really, um, because the it it looked it looked a bit scary every once in a while. <laughs> and the camera didn't really do a good job picking it up, actually. Um, yeah, well, and again, though, be, like. We had the boat. We knew we were going to be sailing to Haiti during hurricane season. But to us, it felt safer because there was better anchorages. There was less boats around. They were surrounded by mountains. Like it felt like a safer place to be than in the United States. Um, mm-hmm. And so, again, that fear sort of just showed us where the danger was. And the danger is, you know, uh, the w- the wind can be so strong, it tears things off your boat or it makes you drag anchor. The waves can be so big that it dislodges your anchor and other boats can drag by and hit you or you can drag and, and drag into the reef or the Everglades yeah. or whatever you're around. So like those are the real dangers of, of being in a hurricane. And so we just took that as a, as a checklist and said, okay, well, how do you fix this? How do you fix that? What do you need to survive these conditions? And before we left the United States, we made sure we had all that stuff ready to go. So when we, when we were in Haiti and a hurricane did end up coming, You know, it was just following a checklist. It's like, all right, here it is. We're going to go do this. We're going to, you know, take the sails down, go to this anchorage, put this anchor out. Here's how we're going to run the ropes. Here's how where we're going to put everything. And it went flawlessly because we had a very, very good plan in place. Um, we didn't. We weren't caught off guard by the fact that a hurricane was coming. Yeah, preparation. Right? Yeah. So you, so you knew about the, well, you knew about the difficulty and you knew about the risk before it hit you, right? Absolutely. And had plans to sort of mitigate all that risk to, and to, how, to the best we could. Yeah. And how do you differentiate if somebody tells you about a possible risk somewhere? How do, how do you differentiate if that is really a risk that it's worth preparing for or whether that person is just panicking? That's a good question. Um, Well, because the first one, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, because, because there's kind of a saying in sailing where there's like as many right ways to fix something as there are sailors. Um, and it's the yeah. same, it's the same with advice. You know, there's, there's as many right ways to do something as there are sailors. So, um, I'd say usually, 
you kind of judge the person on, uh, you know, who's, who's telling you that information before, whether or not that information is relevant or not. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if it's someone who's sailed around the world a few times and is, you know, he's on his third boat and he's 70 years old and he's got a hundred thousand miles under his keel, you know, you take his advice seriously. Uh, if it's, you know, some guy in a, in his lazy boy hacking away on his keyboard in the basement, who's never been to the ocean of his life, maybe you don't take that information so seriously. Yeah. And a lot of it is a lot of gut feeling too. Sometimes yeah. you just, you, you just, you just have this gut. feeling that, you know, this is risky or, you know, mm-hmm. you can't do it. Or sometimes you just have to accept that you can't do it mm-hmm. and step back. Yeah. yeah. Are you living your dream? Well, so I hope far. so. <laughs> Well, we haven't woken up yet, so yeah. <laughs> so um, far, I think we are on the right track. We are living. Yeah. We're living it now, and whatever direction it takes us, we'll just go along with it. I'd say so. Yeah, we're smiling every day, and we enjoy what we do, and we found a way to sort of finance it, and yeah. you know, we can keep going. And so far, it's still fun. So yeah. Talking about financing. Hey, dear, dear listeners, <laughs> there is a service which is called Patreon. And so if you go to patreon.com and you look for Sailing Uma, you get, um, well, special deals every once in a while. And you get, at least if they are done on time, you get uh, free <laughs> access to the videos. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, well, you can support Sailing Uma and you can become a part of the Patreon family. And by the way, I think you are one of the teams that do the patreon thing best oh thank oh, you thank you that's that's, that's, very that's nice to hear yeah <laughs> yeah we, it's community we, building it's, it's yeah, done really for well sure. for, for sure. us we see patreon as exactly like you said an extended family so yeah. whatever makes our family happy we listen to their yeah. advice and try to it's been yeah, nice too because it's where we can like really chat back and forth with everyone i mean yeah you would know we've been chatting with you on there quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's an, it's an easier way to like keep in touch with like a smaller yes. group of people than it is to keep in touch with, you know, every comment and every email we yeah. get from every source of social media. So it's been nice. Yeah. It's been nice to kind of grow a smaller group of like really dedicated people. And talking about the, the, the happy life. Um, what do you think is the, the biggest risk of losing your own happiness or your own focus or your own goal, however you want to put it? Well, I think that that kind of might tie into uh, our recent story of, of needing to slow down and kind of take our time. Um, for a little while there, we were uh, under the illusion that in order to kind of make new YouTube content, we needed to be in a new place and experiencing a new thing. And so, for a while there, we were really pushing hard to like go to new places, go to new things. Like every week we're doing something new and, and trying to do, you know, boat work to get our boat up and ready to cross the Atlantic. And we're yeah. pushing really hard and, um, and you know, we were just exhausted in, in the Rio. We were working on the boat about 20 hours a day for two months. Um, so we were like sleep yeah. for four hours, wake up, work all day long. And, and in know, the most beautiful scenery. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Like we don't mind working. We don't mind putting in the effort, but we realized that it was, it, we were losing sight of, of sort of the reasons why we wanted to set mm-hmm. sail in the first place. Um, and yeah, it kind of literally took me getting, getting some sense knocked into me on the sail back to Florida. But that was, that was kind of probably the closest we've gotten of kind of losing sight of why we started and, and thinking, you know, new, new, more, more, faster, faster. And, and, You know, that was just, that wasn't the right, that wasn't the right, the right thing for Mm -hmm. us to do. So we slowed down a bit and I think it, I think it definitely helped. Before you are, or or when you are losing track again, or if somebody else is losing track of, let's say his or her own life, what would you say? What is an indicator, a sign for losing it? I think what for me personally yeah. is what when you for us? when you don't have time for yourself when you don't make time for yourself yeah when you <laughs> are so focused that you lose you don't have enough time to enjoy the present because you you have this goal that you're trying to get you have this um this deadline that you're trying to do yeah. and then you're always worried about you, tomorrow exactly you always work 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 but you need a, even if it's a few minutes during the day you just need to sit down 
and realize that you need to breathe. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we were sort of losing focus on, on, you know, what was important. We were, you know, it's one thing to kind of sit down, you know, do some work for a week or two and like work really hard and then it's done and it's done and that's great. And you can kind of move on, but you know, our, our videos were kind of becoming the main priority and, and sort of us experiencing the places and, you know, our relationship and all that was kind of taking a toll. And we realized that wasn't really beneficial. Um, and so, yeah, just, just where your priorities are, right? Like you make time for what's important in your life. And, uh, and we, we needed to switch and make time for different priorities than we were. Yeah. And we love working on the book. We love making the videos. Um, but you shouldn't make, you shouldn't lose focus on yourself. Yeah, for sure. And what is your priority now? <laughs> waking up, waking up tomorrow. <laughs> no. Um, well, it's, it's definitely sort of slow down and, um, you know, experience more of where we are and, and meet more people. Like one of the nice parts about deciding not to cross to the Mediterranean, like right now, this spring is that we're going to be able to spend the summer sailing up and down the East coast and, and we'll be able to meet up with some more of our patrons. We'll be able to meet up with some more of our actual family. We'll be able to meet up with more, um, you know, meet and greets and like meet, meet our audience, meet the people who watch our videos, you know, yeah. um, and kind of see and experience that side of things. And right now that's sort of our priority. We will cross the, to Europe hopefully next year. Um, But yeah, just just kind of slowing down and enjoying the joy, enjoying the present more. I know that kind of sounds cliche or something, but yeah, just slowing down enough that you can enjoy today and not have to worry too much about tomorrow. Well, what what are you going to do if if the truth sounds like a cliche? I mean, I have never met anyone who lived yesterday or tomorrow because they are all living now, and that's right. <laughs> that's all we, yeah, exactly. that's all we have. Yeah, and then worrying about where they say like worrying about the future ruins today or some saying about that. Yeah. But yeah, it's true. When you spend too much time worrying about tomorrow, then it definitely ruins, ruins today. And that's kind of, I think what was happening to us in the past couple of months, but yeah, we were um, worrying too much about like the, what we needed to do to cross, yeah. to cross, to cross. And yeah. like, well, we don't have to cross mm -hmm. if we're not ready yep. and slow down yep. and cross when we're ready. Yeah. That was, um, I would say emotionally one of the best episodes of, of you. <laughs> Um, because there was, well, it, it felt like authentic truth. Mm -hmm. So there was no bullshit. There was no yeah. marketing. There was no way of being so cool or anything around this. There was only, well, this feels right. Yeah. And yeah. especially the combination with, Hey, we did a mistake or yeah. we have yeah. been off the track. Yeah. And I think if you're losing that, if you're losing that fun in life, Well, yeah. there was a time when I, when, when I was about to grow up and I, I always thought I never want to grow up, but I had to, people <laughs> told me, they told me one day I have to get serious because life is serious and well, you have to make a living and well, and then I tried to achieve that. And all at one day I decided to no. <laughs> yeah. If it's not for no. you, if it doesn't make you happy. Yeah. Life this, shouldn't be yeah. serious. Life should be fun. If, if life is not fun, it's not worth it. Exactly. exactly. That's, that's like one of those uh, Hallmark cards or whatever, right? But it's so true. I, yeah, I it's love so that true. saying. Actually. Well, and there's a big difference, too, between fun, like riding a roller coaster and, uh, you know, winning the lottery or whatever and, and actual true, genuine, you know, enjoyment, I think. And a lot of people think, oh, you're just having fun. Like, you're just screwing around all day, like, you know, not doing anything real. There's a big difference between enjoying <laughs> you your mean, life. You mean something something like learning how to, uh, how to drink a beer out of a... <laughs> Exactly. Fun. But that's all part of it. That's all part of it. Sometimes fun <laughs> is just superfluous nonsense. You know, it's just hanging out with friends doing ridiculous stuff. Um, but that's oh. sort of like superficial fun. And then, but then proper true enjoyment, like being fulfilled and true enjoyment is yes. kind of like a whole yeah. deeper level. I think um, the word yes, fun and, and, and that sentence basically means if it makes you happy, yeah. then it's yeah. worth it. If it doesn't make you happy, then something needs to change. Yeah. For okay. sure. Yeah. Let's imagine, let's imagine the three of us, we will meet in uh, 30 years from now. <laughs> It would be oh 2048, right? So we'll be in, yeah. um, we'll be in hovering catamarans run on liquid 
Well, we don't know. Fuel cells maybe we are rowing. Right? Maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe we are rowing. <laughs> yeah, um, maybe. <laughs> or we'll be in Waterworld, one of the two. <laughs> and let's say we meet at some uh, at some place in the Pacific, nice island, um, uh, some cool drinks, and um, uh, a fire burning, sun is setting, and we are sitting together and talking about life in the last 30 years. What is the story that you want to tell me then? Oh boy. That it was worth it. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. That's who have you been? Happens. Who have you? Yeah. Now tell me a story. Who have you been in the last 30 years? In the last 30 years. Well, I don't know. Like it's, that's a hard thing to predict. I mean, you know, making videos is, is good for now. It's who knows what, where, where that will be in the future. Like it's a good way for us to sort of, finance our journeys now um yeah. hopefully we will have found a way to to um help out and use our use our education to make some make some good in the world mm -hmm. you know um it's kind of easy to be entertaining but it's it's more difficult i think to be educational to some degree or, or to actually make a difference other than just i guess making people laugh and smile and feel good is kind of making a difference but um yeah have some sort of impact yeah i'd say some okay. tangible impact in the world right Well, I'm I'm excited for that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah, and it's a weird thing because we don't really know what that looks like. You know, it's yeah. not like uh, we're going to go work for this organization and build a this or do that. It's it's something that kind of long term in the back of our minds that hopefully, yeah, 30 yeah. years from now we'll be able to look back and say, yeah, we actually did something. And the opportunity yeah. someday is going to come in front of us, and we're going to we're going to take that opportunity. Well, that well that that that. Um, To, to imagine that I'm sitting together with a um, with a nice couple who tell me that they well spent the last 30 years going into well either education projects or helping the world being a better place and that they are sure that they made a difference in the last 30 years I mean that is not the uh, the worst story to tell somebody <laughs> yeah. it's not but the truth is you don't know yeah we we, we can speculate we can have hopes and dreams but well we you know we focus on what we can do now and when an opportunity comes and we can do something more we will yeah but it was just an imaginary question <laughs> we will yeah. see what's gonna what's we gonna turn see what out next. <laughs> yes there is there is no control um that exactly. is something um which most people in well Europe, Germany, Switzerland, and I guess in the US, they they always want to to get complete control, security, yeah. safety, mm -hmm. and that's always an illusion. You can always you can reduce the risk, but you can never yeah. have control. Yeah, there can be For an earthquake, sure. there can be something else happening, there can be a car crashing into you. You never know. You don't have yeah. control. Yeah. You can only manage what's happening. Yeah, exactly. When you are. <laughs> And when you are coming to the uh, um, to the Mediterranean, I I hope <laughs> that um, that we will have the chance to meet, and that I'm going to chase you with my wooden boat. <laughs> oh, yes, so cool. we look forward to that. Wooden boats are so amazing. It's some... one of those things that maybe is not in the cards for us to own one, but we certainly appreciate the beauty and the character that those things bring to the table. Yeah. They're they're amazing boats. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And since I I just lost the lodge in Zanzibar I have more focus on that again so well we will see we will see how that turns out everything uh, that happens to you comes with an opportunity I guess yeah if other people want to see if you ever make it and um, to see where you are around in, in, in Europe what is the best way to follow you or to get into contact with you <laughs> um, well I was, I was going to say YouTube <laughs> Um, But, we've we're just you just google sailing uma yeah, <laughs> that's just, what we like to say yeah uh, you know we're on youtube and instagram and facebook yeah and patreon and patreon but yeah, yeah. um we're, we're under sailing uma on, on all of those social platforms so um yeah. we tried to keep it we've got sailing well, is our website Yeah, well, I'm going to I'm going to um, put it in the show notes. But well, actually, I never go into the show notes when I listen to to a podcast. So if you are interested in these um, 
to inspiring sailors. I mean, it's sailing and it's UMA, U-M-A. That's, yes. right. it's quite easy. And it's easy to remember because it's the number one in Portuguese, I guess. Um, and it's then easy to say over the radio too. <laughs> yeah. Well, before I, before I let you go, is there um, anything that you want to be known about you? Anything wants to be known about us that people don't know yet. Mm. Well, we're pretty otherwise we're pretty much an open book at this yeah. point. <laughs> we're we're pretty caught up on our videos too. What we're filming this week, we're posting this week. So, yeah, there's not many. There's well, not many um, if a little bit of an inside scoop, I guess that we haven't announced on YouTube yet. We, we're soon having T-shirts for sale on our website. Yeah. We just made the it back to the U.S., so we, we got some sample T-shirts made up. So we're going to have some Don't Buy a Couch T-shirts. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, which is, a, which is a great story. Is it still? It's it's online. It's Which episode was it where you explained the couch episode thing? Episode one. The very yeah. first episode, step one. And it's on yeah. our website, well, too. Well, if you are interested, start start with episode one. It's, I mean, it's fun. It's, <laughs> it's it's summing it it's summing it all up. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's basically just you know don't uh, don't follow someone else's path. You know, I mean, a couch yeah. might be you know if you want the three and a half kids and the couch and the white picket fence and the car and like if that's your dream, then go for it. You know, but that wasn't yeah. ours, and so you know. We, we reverse engineered that dream down to the point yeah. of buying the couch and kind of settling down. We're like, well, that's not the path for us. So we decided to go down a different path. But mm -hmm. yeah. What, what, what do you really want to do? And if you come up with an answer, ask yourself really. And it, because it's so important that you distinguish between what you want mm -hmm. and what you think that other people want you to want. Yes. Huge difference. Yes. And we've we've had a we've had a rough time of it just creating videos because it's very easy to fall into the trap of let's make a video that's going to get us more views or get us more subscribers like like what does our audience want and and to some degree do everything sort of, in slow mo yeah well to <laughs> no, some degree like us. you do kind of need to follow that you know like you do kind of need to to follow some sort of consistency or like you know what do they expect yeah. to some degree but at the same time. Sometimes we just say, we're going to make this video because it's what we want to do. And sometimes it's received well and sometimes not so much, but it was fun to do and we learned from it and we learned new camera techniques or whatever. And then, and then we go from there. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a fine line between doing what you want to do, you know, and, mm -hmm. and then you yeah. know, dealing with the aftermath or, or doing what other people want you to do and dealing with the aftermath of that too. There's sometimes there's kind of yeah. no winning, but uh, it's kind of, yeah. it's kind of your own choice, I guess. <laughs> Well, and my, my dream, my vision is to inspire as many people as possible to follow their own dream, whatever it is. And therefore, I am looking for um, as many inspiring stories from other people who did it their way to give, well, like a recipe. <laughs> to other people and and then you can listen to that and then you might pick an ingredient from here and an ingredient from there and mm -hmm. an ingredient from the third person to make up the recipe for your own life and my final question to you is who do you recommend as my next interview guest on the show Ooh, that's a who do you question. think do did you, it their um, way Do you want specifically like a sailing, another sailing uh, family, a couple, or no? I want somebody that where you think that's an inspiring person, and it's a story worth being told. So we have uh, a friend of ours has uh, a, also a YouTube channel, and yeah. you can find him. His name is Combi Life, and what he did, <laughs> he took a van and drove it from Chile. From Chile South America, all the way up to Alaska. Yeah. And that was yeah. his goal. Yeah, he, his it, name's Ben. Yes. Uh, and his YouTube channel is called Combi Life. Uh, and yeah, he, cool. he was one of those ones that kind of inspired us because mm -hmm. he, he started with like a $200 Volkswagen van and it's taken him like six <laughs> years or something. And he's rebuilt it a dozen different times. And, and he always kind of has people uh, in the van with him. So it's always like a new sort of experience. Like every video is kind of different. 
Um, but he was pretty inspirational just for his raw determination to like yeah. get that van to Alaska. So I, yeah, yeah very, I'd, I'd say very, very cool. And I'm, uh, I'm excited to talk to him. Uh, I will, I will drop you a mail about this and maybe you can put the two of us in contact since it's always so much easier if you yeah, have yeah. A, 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 a door in the foot and uh, uh, the other way around a foot in the door. <laughs> <laughs> And well, I'm looking forward to well to see you to see you in person. I think that uh, that might take another year or so. Yeah. And until then, we uh, we we keep in contact. And um, well, one day we might wander in Sahara. A camel yes, ride to the that desert. Would be, one of my dreams cool. is actually to go in the Sahara Desert. So. Yeah. That's on our bucket list. That's on so my bucket list, yeah. Let's make it happen. <laughs> yes. I'm going to show you I'm going to show you a video that I recorded last time. I'm talking in German, but you can just skip that. I'm going to <laughs> record a, a, a new version of this um in well in the coming in the coming weeks. So for all the um the listeners here who are looking for some of these um seminar photos and uh, and videos uh const and tom the uh, two guys who who made the image video for the caveman lodge and the one that i'm going to show you they're going to join us in provence uh, next week so we are having having uh well a writing video up soon and I'm, go i'm going to tell you when it's when it's done very oh, cool yes we're looking forward for that thank you so much you have been um uh, you have an inspiration to long cold and dark winter nights in the swiss mountains <laughs> i remember and, up in canada <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i had to smile when i when i saw this because we are we are living in that in that uh in that log cabin basically mm -hmm. up there in the skiing resort so we have to walk the last kilometer when uh in, in the winter and uh it has been well it has been pouring snows so much mm -hmm. that uh, i'm 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 happy for the summer and these uh, sailing summer caribbean videos i was always looking for the next one <laughs> thank you for that thank you for all the time and well just um well stay the way you are yeah, thanks. No problem. and thanks for having us yeah, it was fun <laughs>